You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you're doing very well. The guest that you're about to hear from, his name is Joseph J. Jones, and he is an outstanding singer. Do check out his music online. I caught up with him on his recent Australian promotional tour. Let's see what he has to say. Here we go. Look, you do possess one of the most incendiary voices anyone is likely to hear, and I sincerely mean that because your voice is steeped in the rich tradition of soul singers such as Sam Cooke, Al Green, and Marvin Gaye. So first off, tell us what got started, what how you got started singing, and how did you develop that enormous voice of yours? Wow, thanks very much. Um, yeah, uh, I first started... Um, well, I, I got told to sing more than anything. My friend um, James was, we were both in a music class together and I used music classes as like a DOS lesson. Like I just wanted to mess around in school. I never wanted to do anything. And um, I started singing because I had to pass the project in order to be able to do music next year. And then uh, my friend was like, you should do this like properly, man. You're, you're pretty good at it. I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. And then he snuck the um, teacher in the room and she heard me and was like, you sing in this class assembly, um, this, like, today, I will I will pass you um, for next year. Mm. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll do this. And it was like this year eight kid in front of the year 11s and year 10s, like every, you know, thug and bully you'd ever dreamed of was in that room. And I was just like, oh, man, I don't know what to do here. So I'd done it, <laughs> and everyone stood up and started cheering. And I was like, oh, sweet. And like they nicknamed me Frank after Sinatra. I was like, cool, appreciate That's it. Nice. And then, yep. Yeah, yeah. So my, but the, the, the real reason I sort of got a taste for older music, and I suppose it plays a role, really. My granddad was a jazz guitarist, and he died before I even started doing music. But my nan introduced me to like you know chet baker sarah vaughan and yep. fitzgerald and like sinatra and all them guys mm-hmm. and i started in that period of time like listening to music and you know i was listening to Dizzy gillespie like in my headphones when you know kids were listening to eminem and it was a bit yes, weird so i can but, tell um, that yeah 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 so i i, I don't know i i just i always um I started off as an old man and sort of worked my way back young again. It's a little bit mm. of a Benjamin Button thing, I suppose. Um, but I, then from there on, I grasped music sort of in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and I worked my way back up, as I say. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought to myself, you know, I really want to start writing my own music. I'm tired of singing covers in pubs to one man and his dog. And I was always like, I've got this drive to do something a little bit more and, you know, open up and write songs and that. And uh, when I was like 22, I got signed to Communion, Mm -hmm. um, 22 or 23. And, you know, I never wrote songs. And they just gave me a project and they said, you know, how do you want this to be? What do you you see this project as? And I was like, you know, I want to write big classic songs again. But, you know, that classic thing really of, being old school but new school, do you know what I mean? And I do, yeah. just bringing that up. And and I, I mean, I wrote all these these songs years ago, and it was like they've all been there, and um, they're just waiting. And now it's like finally come out, and people be able to hear them. But hmm. I was always like, I want this project to be like an electric Johnny Cash, and or electric Sam Cooke, or something like that. 
So, yes. yeah, I, I, that's where it all sort of started. And then, you know, they gave me the opportunity to write an album. So I've, I've become a writer. So Good on you. Pretty cool. Yeah. So on that note, the new single, tell me if I've got this right, yeah. okay? It's, it's Gospel Truth, the unplugged version. That's what I could find on Apple Music. Uh, that's that's not the new single. That's just like uh, like the Gospel Truth come out um, was the single previous to Crawl, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just released like acoustic versions of it for like you know putting up stuff to yeah. get ready and that. But the next single that's coming out is a, is a track called um, Speaking in Tongues. But the latest one is Crawl. Crawl. Okay, I have had a good listen to that. So. On that note about Crawl, what sort of feedback have you received? Because that's the most widely available track of yours, isn't it? I mean, I've seen the YouTube clip, and it's also very obviously available on Apple Music and no doubt on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, it was a sort of first introduction to my hometown, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. London just sort of paid attention in the UK in general because the BBC started playing it, and Virgin over there started playing it, and... Radio X started playing it, and um, yeah, it was it just you know sort of got me a platform in my country, and I've always been about yep. British music and stuff like that. So, so uh, that's 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 it, really. That's why it's like sort of there at the yeah, moment. Cool. But mm. so look, one thing I must say. I think the unplugged strategy is a very good one. And I know you mentioned that you're like an electric Johnny Cash in some way, but, mate, I've got to say, what really, uh, the stuff that I've been playing of yours is the unplugged stuff. I think your voice works best against minimalist instrumentation. So have you got much yeah. feedback on, you know, the electric stuff versus the unplugged material that you've released? Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's all sort of good stuff all round. Um, I know what you mean, though. Like, I've always enjoyed just stripping back a song to the bare bones um because that's how i write a song all my songs are written on piano and like you know i like to write classic songs and then once you strip away the um electronic element to it and you know i still try to stay true to what the song is even with the layers of electronic stuff over it and you know other instrumentation but you know, you know, you've got people a little bit when you when you have a song beneath all that. You know, what are the meat and bones of it? Yes. So, I mean, I love do, I love doing that. Like, you know, I like, like my say like Sammy Davis Jr. He would just sing with a drum kit, and I yeah. thought like that was fucking genius. So, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of them things, man. I, I just always want to do. Um, I really do want to do like stripped back stuff because like my jazz roots, like mm. they always come back to sing in jazz clubs and stuff and you know I'd be sitting there with a trio and I'd sing with like every member of that you know I'd be doing a song with a bass and then do a song Excellent. with like just a piano on its own so yeah definitely definitely that sort of world actually I'm, I'm a bass player I'm a career bass player so it's what I play on stage um, what song nice. have you what song have you played a cappella with the bass guitar that works well oh like I'm talking standards back in the day so I used mm. to do um I used to do uh, I've Got You Under My Skin with just the bass. Nice, I used, to, yeah. I, used to, I used to sing that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that sort of stuff because it felt like when you take a... It's the same it's the thing as I was saying before, like when you take a big, big song and you strip it back, you really hear what it is, hmm. you know, even if it's like with the lyrics or, you know, with, with, with the melodies that's what, that are there. Um, but I try and do that as best as possible and, like... I don't really have, you know, backing singers with me and stuff like that. It is like a full voice. I don't think you need them. You know that you're one of the few 
male vocalists that I'd say, I think it would detract from your voice because your voice is so unique and so all-encompassing that having anything extra up there in that range, so the vocals obviously take up one range on the, on the, on the spectrum, the instrumentation takes up another um, range on the spectrum, anything else I think is going to detract from what you're doing. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's what I. That's what I hear. I mean, I'm I'm an old jazz and soul fan, so I can hear that with your voice. That just leave you be. I'd actually reckon. Who was I listening to the other day? There's some YouTube stuff where someone's isolated. It might be Al Green, or somebody. They've isolated his voice. Or Marvin Gaye. It was Marvin Gaye's voice. Yeah, Um, that's it. Yeah. Have have you heard that? that, Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Your voice is like that. Wasn't it like? Oh, thanks, man. It was like, wasn't it? um, Mercy me. I think so. Like that, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, they've done it with Freddie Mercury's as well. Like when you even listen to that dude sing, it's just like wow. Like there is just like it's just like amazing rock. That is rock in his voice. It's just like listen to that voice on its own. It's just like pure passion. But yeah, I appreciate it. I've always like you know, I, I it's my instrument. It's my muscle. It's mm. like it's you know, pay, it gets me food on the table. So I yeah. have to look after it and. It's one of them things. Like I take pride in it. You know, a lot of a lot of people like the rock and roll element of it, and I'm not saying that I don't. Just you know, I I I know what my my voice is. My best friend. Do you know mm, what I mean? So I do, yeah. it's um, and I've worked on it for years and years and years. And like soul is just like the key element for me. So your grandfather you mentioned is a famed jazz guitarist, and also your he was a, a jazz guitarist for the BBC. And your father was a boxer. So tell me how they influenced you in their own unique ways. Um, well, my granddad was, uh, yeah, as you say, he played for the BBC, played sessions and that, and he was in a band called the Del Grey Quartet. And, you know, he, he more so than anything, he was a session musician and played around, played, yep. played, you know, put food on the table by playing in bars and stuff. And, like... Growing up, he was my best friend. Like he, he taught me how to draw and illustrate, and I would watch him play guitar. Hmm. Um, but uh, he was quite an in, uh, like an impatient man. If you asked him to sort of like teach you how to play, it, you'd sit down, you'd do it. If you'd done it wrong, that was game over. So, um, but when he passed away, like that's when I first started doing music. It was like it was almost like I had to fill this void that wasn't there anymore. So, started doing this music and. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way that he influenced me is really weird because I started singing um, sort of when I was like, as I say, 14, and I was doing pubs and clubs and stuff like that when I, up until I was like 22, something like that, before communion signed me, and I was really ready to give it up. And it, what's, what's like really strange about it is this woman stopped me on the street and I didn't know her for, from Adam, you know, I didn't know her at yeah. all. And, she come up to me and she said, I got your granddad Fred with me and he's saying that he doesn't want to want you to give up doing music. Now, when she was looking at me, I had a, I had a black eye on my face because mm. I'd been jumped coming out of a club that I played at. Right, and okay. I was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty like, you know, why would this woman come up to this guy with this black eye and stuff? And, you know, I was just, I was just fed up with life. I just thought I need to earn some money there. Yep. I'm fed up with, you know, not, not getting anywhere. And like, she just told me all this stuff. Like, she said, your granddad won't leave me alone. I have to tell you this stuff to get it off my chest. And she told me what I'd be signed, who I'd be signed to, where I'd be going, what I'd be doing. And um, 
I've just always felt this weird spiritual connection with my grandfather when it comes to music and stuff. Mm. And it's, you know, I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in that sense, but it's just, I don't know what he'd done. He gave me this quiet confidence in what I'm doing. So from that sense of it, I mean, she, there was a story where she was telling me, like, your granddad's really annoyed that you put his guitar in the loft. And I, I worship my granddad's guitar, and it's in my bedroom, and it's like my shrine. Mm. And I never put it in the loft. And um, I went on that day, my dad had put it in the loft. So I was like, right, this woman must have some sort of, you know, touch yeah, it's to incredible. the other world or yeah. something like that. Yeah, man, like, honestly, like, I was just like, this is crazy. And I go and see her every now and then. And she tells me stuff where I'm going and what I'm doing and that, and it just keeps happening. So, yeah, I mean, he influenced me in the sense of just being around, just having this confidence. And, like, my dad's, my dad's side of things, like, he brought me up, uh, me and my brother, up on boxing. So we did that for a while, and um, I was just fed up of getting, you know, punched in the face. Oh, God, yeah, it's a tough you know, sport. Got, People don't realise how hard a sport a very, is. Oh, yeah, man. It's like you've got to be dedicated to it. It's like, I know, I, I I was more dedicated to music than I was to boxing. But, you know, I'm glad my dad sort of brought me up on that because it was like a discipline element to what, like bringing that into what I do. Mm. And, um, I mean, he, he was an entertainer. Like, he, he, he left boxing and become an 1830s rep, which is like the dude that gets you out on the coaches abroad and gets you drunk and shows you oh, around right. the, the, like Greece and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. he was like a singer on the coaches and stuff. And, you know, there's musicians throughout my whole family. Like my nan was a concert pianist. I never met her, but you know, and then my, my, um, my uncle's like a rock and roll drummer and was a jazz drummer before that. And it's just all set. It's like in me. Yeah. You're in a very nice narrative there before the interruption there about how music's in your family. You know, and you talk me about how the the lass who stopped you on the street when you had a black eye, which is a wonderful story, by the way. I mean, this is the sort of thing that should make good copy for people, actually, in terms of a very interesting narrative to how you got to where you are. Someone stopped you in the street and you were feeling a bit probably less than the way you feel right now about the way your musical career was going and implored you to keep on going, but through your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it was... Um it was just this big push in the right direction, really. But, um, the, the, the whole, you know, my father as well. Did you hear the stuff about my dad? Did I tell you that? Yeah. You're talking uh, about the, um, the tours over in Greece. Yeah. 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 And like, um, you know, it just, there's just so much entertainment and music that was around me that it was hard not to sort of fall into that world. And, mm. you know, I, I, Believe it or not, like, I hated music as a kid. Like my mum was like, in in a weird way, tortured me with this music in the car over and over again. And I I hated this album that she kept playing. And I won't say it because I don't know if I ever run into them. <laughs> I don't want to put anyone's nose at a joint. But it just like it murdered music for me, and I just yeah. couldn't stand it. So I just had to like you know, step away from music. And then it was almost, like, as I say, like my friends, it just said, you should do this. So it's like, that my sounds friend like, always um, picked it for me. And then obviously I fell into it a lot more. Yeah, and, and I reckon it sounds like the, um, you know, do you say yay or nay to this, but my mother tortured me with Elton John and a bit of Rod Stewart when I was a kid, knocking to you. I still can't listen to either of those two artists <laughs> the same way I suppose a regular yeah, person can. Yeah. Because they, you get fatigued, don't right. you? 
Oh man, it's just it's just the one for me was you know I just can't handle like this music anymore, and I, I want to hear something that's great. And like I always loved gospel music as a kid, which was weird. Um, like it really struck something to me. Like it really um, hit a chord. Like and I didn't know why. And I think it was just the collective voices and this huge sound it didn't sound like like something like a human would do, you know? And I don't know why that always stuck with me. And like I think that plays a role with like my soul pretty much. Well I think so, you're yeah. you're you're an old soul mate. And I think that's the, the not just with regards to the way you're approaching music, but the fact that you were so open to and it was a bit of mediumship that that lass provided for you through your grandfather talking to you. You know, um I think you're an old soul who's connected to something beyond the ether. I mean you have a voice unlike almost anybody that I've ever heard, and I'm not just saying that. I know I've said that a few times through the discussion, but you, I mean, okay, I'm going to flip the discussion a little bit here, but if I was a marketer and if I had your, if I was in charge of shaping your career, if you like, mate, you're basically, uh, you can be as popular to people as what Adele is with her voice. I think that's how much potential there is in actually you being able to get out there and become a part of everybody's musical landscape, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we've always said about doing is keeping true to what this project started off being and, you know, not fall into a trap of writing songs for the sake of it and trying to just get a, get a G up into the world of, you know, I want to get there my way. I've always, I've always done it the hard way. Always done mm. it the hard way. I've never, you know, I could have gone on X Factor. I could have done whatever idol. Do you know what I mean? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Like people used to think I was crazy for not doing that stuff, but it's like I always used to go to them. Name me five people that have ever won that show and have ever come out of that on top. And now I'm not taking away from anybody that wants to do that. Like, fair enough, if you do want to do that sort of stuff and it's your last chance and all this and you want to, you, you know, you feel with the need to do it and you want to do something with your life, that's fine. It's just, it's not my way. And with the, with the, you know, say like Adele, like I mm. feel, especially with 21 and, you know, like those songs, like when you first heard them, it was like, right, what Adele's done now has brought classic songwriting back to the industry and she's just sort of gone, this is what I do, you know, and she's always had this attitude of like, you know, take it or leave it. I don't give a, give a toss what you think. Mm. And it, it was just like, let the music speak for itself, man. And I've always tried to do that. And, um, you know, my music's a cluster of my influences and it's all, you know, big songs and it's Sinatra, it's Johnny Cash, it's Joy mm. Division, you know, Kanye West and Joy like Division. that, you know. Yes, nice. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 throughout the whole of my record, like, when it comes out, like, you know, I, the the tones that are involved in that record are going to be, you know, pretty Joy Division-esque in that. So there's a lot Excellent. of, like, synths and, you know, colourful yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, it's all melancholy stuff, I suppose. yeah. Now that you mention it, I can hear it. So I didn't hear it until you mentioned it, but now that 
I've listened to your stuff a fair bit now, and um, yeah, now that I've wrapped my ears around it and you make that reference, yeah, I can definitely hear it. I, I was thinking more of the Ian Curtis voice, but when you framed it as about the music, yeah, it's it's far more about what um, uh, Hook, Peter Hook was doing on the bass and with the synths and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I mean, Ian Curtis himself, man, he was like, you know, a bit of a hero for me growing up. You always get into those sort of tragic artists when you're finding out about stuff, but yeah. He like I was obsessed with him, and I always wanted to be like that guy. I, I know I have a voice. Do you know what I mean? And Ian Curtis didn't have a voice, and then but that like his voice was something phenomenal, like something like Tom Waits or you know the, the, these artists. I almost wish I had like that sort of way about me. Or as a as a kid growing up, you wish you was that sort of artist. Oh, yeah. and it was like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just something special, and they was really fucking true to who they were. And I, I am, um, I always said like when I'd ever do an album, and that I really wanted to um, delve into that world and find my Joy Division within it. Where is the Smiths within this? Where yes. is, you know? I was going to ask you about Morrissey, yeah, yeah. so I'm so glad you brought up the Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, Morrissey's voice is just completely his own as well yeah you know just standalone british icon man mm. he's great oh phenomenal artist yeah great book that he had released a couple of years to, back too so yeah i mean probably it was more of the visual thing i noticed because i think isn't morrissey he has he has something to do with the world of boxing he himself did it or he was associated with some kind of a um of an organization wasn't he and i sort of started to get a bit of a morrissey vibe and the way that you when you stand and the way you deliver it's more about the visual aspect here the way you stand and the way in which you deliver your the, the song yeah reminds me a little bit of the way morrissey does it oh amazing i've always had this thing where it's um like it's interesting you say that like people say when they watch me it's like you don't know you're getting ready for a fight or you're sort of stancing and you're, you know, I'm moving around. I just, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I just try and feel it as much as I can. I suppose I'm just going to Joe Cocker mode and just wave my arms around. You know? Oh, God, yeah. But there you go. Or the, or the Peter Garrett from Midnight Oil thing where you're sort of dancing as if you've got ants in your pants or something. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of musicians sort of go for that. But, yeah, look. Yeah. My next question is about what you're hoping to achieve with your music. So, you know, from it sounds as though you definitely answered part of it, and I think this is the case that your goal is to have a very long and successful career in the music biz. So, we'll ask you, what else do you do apart from music? Um, well, I illustrate, um, I do a lot of illustrations and stuff. I wanted to be a graphic, um, novel illustration, uh, illustrator, sorry, and um, I did that. Yeah, I went to like um, art school and stuff, hmm. and you know, studied the body form and, but I'm more, I'm more cartoons and creative and thinking off the, off the mind and stuff like that. But, you know, if I definitely didn't do music, I'd love to be like some comic book artist doing stuff. But I do, I, you know, I do do that sort of thing. And, um, you know, if I ever get another thing as well, if I ever get any success, I'm opening up a dog home, man. I'm like massive on dogs. Yeah, I used to look nice. after dogs. Used, yeah, man. I used to look after dogs for a living. So I used, I, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like they're people. <laughs> it's yeah. a weird thing to say, but you know, if I if, if anything just comes to me, I'm open up a dog sanctuary. But, but yeah, that's the, that's the sort you know sort of thing that I do. It's just I, I I try and stick to my art and draw and illustrate as much as I can. And um, but yeah, the main fix is I never had 
like a B plan. Like when you're growing up and you say you're going to be a singer, um, a lot of people sort of boohoo it and go like, yeah, but what are you really going to do? Um, so I, I was, I, I've always said to them like, you know, if I put 10,000 into 7,000 hours into this, I'll get 10,000 hours back and I put mm. 20,000 into it now. So hopefully something's going to pay off soon. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agreed. Yeah. It should mate for you. I mean, I mean, you've certainly got a voice that'll cross. I say this to, to some of the artists that I, I talk to, not all, and I've done well over 200 interviews at this point, but your music could cross over a lot of, a lot of cultural, social, ideological boundaries, you know, I mean, there's, there's got oh, well. to be an opportunity to bring you out there to, to markets, especially, mate, we spend a lot of time in the Philippines because my wife's half Filipino. You know, Southeast Asia, mate, would be a wonderful market for your voice. I reckon you'd do really well over there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just up for going anywhere. I, I really... I, I'm from a place and, like, you know, um, a, a place in London where it's like... You never dream. I never dream I'd be in Australia. You know, I never, I never thought I'd ever come here as far as here, and it's the furthest I've ever been. And I'm like amazed by it. And I never thought I'd go as far as Germany, to be quite honest. Mm. And that's a place that seems to have been doing well for me, like out there. But I, I just want to go as many places as possible and just show people what I've got. I just want to have a have a true go at it. Like that's, you know, it's not, it's not about. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not even about a, like a success and money thing for me. It's about I've got this thing in my mind that if I don't achieve it, then I've failed in my life or whatever. And it's, it's quite, mm. You know, it's, it's quite a strong statement. But if I don't, if I don't get to do what I want to do and tick that box, then it's like forever walking the earth unhappy. Mm. So I've got to do it, man. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with um, letting people into the world of my music and you know making people happy making people sad whatever they want to feel mm. i just want to like get out there you know what i mean your music is excellent music to wake up to in the morning you know that um i've been putting it on wake up you know at six o'clock or what have you the alarm goes off and you were all sluggish at about that time particularly if you've got two kids like what i do believe me <laughs> and um <laughs> wow, putting right. your putting your music on in the background i've had it around the kids as they're having breakfast and believe me the kids are very quick to tell me which music they don't like but they've been very happy to listen to your material i love it when i find a place for a wonderful artist like you in my life you know well beyond just listening to things for the interview either you know what I'm saying? I love being able to find music that has a specific, I'm not going to say function, but a role, if you like. And that's yeah, where I think your yeah. music's really powerful as well. Oh, wow. Thanks very much, man. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. That's, yeah. that's nice. To, I mean, I can't even... I, you never think as a guy writing music or whatever that your music's ever going to touch anyone. So, I'll, I'll, you know, tell your kids thanks and thanks very much for <laughs> me having a role in your life. Do you know what I mean? So, no worries, mate. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, mate, final question. So you're down here for a bit of yeah. a promo tour, I take it, but are you doing any shows? Um, I'm not doing any shows, no. It's just pure promo at the moment. So, I, you know, I, I don't know what, what will happen, but mm. I really want to come back and play shows because, you know, I can already tell, like, I fit right in here. Do you know what I mean? You do, so yeah. It's, you know, we're all cousins, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that, it's that weird thing. I said as I stepped off the, off the plane, I was like, Jesus, like everybody's like back home, but with tropical trees and, you know, <laughs> like it, it, it's just, it, it blew my mind a little bit. But I, you know, if there's a call in for me, if people are into what I do, I want to come back and I want to play some stellar shows, man. So I'm up for it. Well, I think you're in Sydney at the moment, I take it, are you? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm in Sydney. I'm yeah. in Sydney. Well, make sure, mate, if they're booking tours, make sure you get up here to Brisbane because that's where I'm from. Um, I'd love to see you perform. Absolutely, man, and you're more than welcome to come whenever. No worries, mate. Well, this has been an awesome chat. I do host a radio show and a podcast series, mate, so the interview will be broadcast across both. Did you want me to hit you up on Facebook or what have you when I've released a podcast episode? Yes, please. I'd love to hear it, yeah. Done, Definitely. mate. No worries. Okay, man. Well, thanks very much and, you know, all the best. Thank you, mate. Thank you for creating such wonderful music and for being such a wonderful interview subject as well. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and that was my conversation with Joseph J. Jones. Thank you so much for listening.